Explorable is a podcast about travel, disability, and inclusion. I'm Josh Loebner, Director of Strategy at Design Sensory. I'm co-host Toby Willis, Senior Product Manager for Inclusive Technology and President of the Ability Inclusion Movement at Expedia Group. We're both blind. And we love everything travel. This is Explorable. We interview experts, advocates, and allies of tourism, destinations, and disability to make each journey more explorable. Hey everyone, welcome to Explorable. I'm Josh. And I'm Toby. We're so excited to share with you this series of episodes that we recorded live on the road at the 2021 Travelability Summit in Tampa, Florida. Next up, Matt Adder, Vice President of Vispero. All right, everybody, I'm here today at Travelability with Matt Adder. Matt, won't you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about what you do? Thanks, Toby. I work for a company called Vispero, and we make technology that allows blind and low vision people to live a full life, and that includes, you know, home, entertainment, or work. So any part of your life needs when you have a blind or low vision disability. And our company has different brands within it that support those things. Me personally, I work uh, managing the software organization. I'm a VP of the software group and a VP of corporate business development. I've been in the industry of accessibility and assistive technology for 25 years and love every bit of it. I am partially blind myself. So, you know, live and breathe what uh, my customers live with every day. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And you said VP, I just want to call that out. So vice president for, I think you told me software and business development, and that's no small task that you have uh, in front of you. That's a lot of responsibility. And I, I think it's you know worth pointing out that those of us with sight impairments or disabilities are at this level in our careers. And uh, it's important for us to have access to digital information, equal access to digital information. And that's what you're helping to provide with, with your software products. Yeah. And I think when you start looking about looking at how can we be more inclusive in an employment situation, you know, a lot of organizations start with entry-level positions. And sometimes that's where you want to start. And that's perfectly fine. You're going to say, if I want to hire a blind person, what could I? What kind of role could I put them in? So you're identifying that role and then you're trying to figure out, okay, what kind of technology do I need to have? A lot of times you start with those entry-level positions, but what you don't want to do is risk restrict to that entry-level position. Right. So if you're in a call center, fine. But then tomorrow, I want to be the manager of the call center. Mm-hmm. And then later, I'd like to be VP of customer care. Well, let's make sure that the path exists for that person who's broadly disabled, or in this case, visually impaired, to be able to do that. And that's 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 where my passion comes, is, is saying to employers and working with employers, you know, I can deal with the technology side, either from a, can my software JAWS work with your apps, or can I help you? Um, with one of our other companies, look at those apps and make those apps more accessible. But I can't solve for some of the other barriers that still may exist in companies. But we, we're very passionate about how can we help 
companies solve for that problem. Right, right. I think it's important to get started, do something, but don't stop and create a pathway for um, uh, disabled employees to advance their career. It's, it's hugely important. As a VP at a software company, you must travel a great deal for work. I'm, I'm guessing. Is that true? Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I mean, pre-COVID, my wife wouldn't have known who I am barely. Right. <laughs> and she's gotten used to me being at home. And so this is what trip number three since COVID, since. You right. Know, same. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's hard to, it, it's not hard to get back on the road, but it's, it's hard, you know, from a um, family perspective, but I love traveling. I like the, the energy that travel gives me yeah. of going through an airport, yes. getting on the plane, getting off the plane, getting in the Uber or Lyft, getting to the hotel, checking in, and then going to an office and meeting with a client. You know, everything from that to you know, riding subways in New York City or whatever those may be. And every time something new, a new experience when it comes to travel comes up, I'm just like, wow. Like the subways in New York now use Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go get a little card and add money to the Wasn't card. Wasn't that such a pain to like find that machine and like get some help and, yeah. and try yeah. to use it? And, and, and they're, they're probably accessible today. And like eight trains later, you might be on the platform. <laughs> yeah. But think how fast that is to just stick my phone up against it. Right. I, know. I it. discovered that in London. Uh, yeah. You know, cause I travel there a lot for work and I, I loved it. And, and one of the folks at this conference showed me he has a wristband that unlocks his door mm-hmm. of his hotel room. Nice. You know how much of a pain it is to pull your key out and then, okay, wait, is that your key or is that your ID card? And then maybe it got mm-hmm. sw- you know wiped out because of your credit card was next to it. You know, and obviously phone apps do this too today, but like, right. that's cool. That's cool technology that will, from an accessibility perspective, helps not just, I mean, it's not just accessibility. It's everybody would rather, I mean, you see that at, at um, amusement parks where they're giving you wristbands to ride the rides and check in and do all of those kinds of things. That would just be common sense to me nowadays. Right. The technology can, um, can solve a lot of these problems if it's made accessible to all of us. I think that's really important call out is the it's convenience for a lot of, a lot of the scenarios that you described are convenience for a lot of people, but they're absolutely uh, inaccessible to a lot of us who depend on, um, you know, screen reading technology or other ways to access digital or visual information. Um, so maybe let's talk about that a bit, just how uh, technology sort of closes or can close the gap if people will make their products accessible. So I, I think of like, you know, in the travel industry, you could go to an amusement park and there's a restaurant and you and I may need an app to read that menu. Mm-hmm. And I could also have somebody else read it to me, but they're going to filter down what they want me to eat. <laughs> right. Right. My wife's going to choose what she would want me to eat. <laughs> Maybe I want something slightly different, but I don't know it's on the menu. So mm-hmm. having accessible, an accessible menu is a huge part of that. And, mm-hmm. and, all, and, and another good example is baseball parks, football parks, or stadiums are now putting accessible or non-accessible ordering out on apps so you can order your food and not stand in a line. Right. Now, how cool is that, that I don't have to sit, I could, I could stay in my seat, order the food, and then get a text to say, go pick up your food. Mm-hmm. I didn't waste three innings standing in line to order right. some food. I need that to be accessible for me to experience the full 
part of that travel experience. And I, I mean, I gave the experience example with a stadium, but it's no different than if it's in an airport or uh, an amusement park or a hotel. Right. You know, one of the things that I found in travel that I loved right now was in some of the, the hotel chains, they have texting with the front desk. Yeah. I do this now. Yeah. I'm like, I could pick it up, but there may be people in front of me on hold. Mm-hmm. I can text them and at my own leisure, they, you know, at their own leisure, they'd respond and I'm not in a hurry. That's fine. Yeah. I always say that inclusive design is good design. If we, if we can get this right for those of us who need it most, then it's inherently going to be more awesome for everybody. So making that app accessible is going to be uh, not only inclusive of, you know, the uh, hundreds of millions of blind and low vision folks around the world, but also it's going to just make for a better app for everyone, more stable, more performant, more predictable, more consistent experience for the average user. And I think that one of the things that gets lost in the world of accessibility today is that it seems to be very, very much a legal requirement. Right. It's a, it's a legal it's compliance risk. driven it's a compliance driven. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the user and not the compliance side. Let's say, could we make this better for you? Right. If you look at a fast food restaurant and walk up and wanted to order something on a kiosk, they want you to do that in two and a half minutes, not 10 mm-hmm. because they want the next person to spend money or right. the next person. And so if, if all of a sudden a blind person couldn't do that or took twice as long because it was poorly done, you know, that's, that's not the way it was meant to be. Right. And I go back to that example of a stadium and me being able to order the food, but then there's a checkbox that says with cheese or without cheese. And if I don't check it, it works. If I do check it, it does work. I don't know it, the confusion. Right. Yeah. And if that gets broken in the cycle, then I'm slowing down through that process. And then you have a bad user experience. It all comes down to it's the user who you want to please. And if we think about the user first, then we've solved for accessibility at the same time. So I first met you through one of your coworkers, Laura, who actually won the Travelability Pitch Fest last June. I believe it's June 24th. Uh, that content's all on the Travelability Summit website if you want to go consume those recordings. But the Avis Sparrow product won that pitch fest, and I believe it's called JAWS Kiosk. And uh, just let me stop here for listeners. JAWS is an acronym that stands for Job Access with Speech. It is probably the world's premier screen reading technology, and it has historically run in the Windows environment, although it does, I've now learned, work in other environments as well. But the particular platform that we're talking about today or that I want to bring up here is the kiosk product that won the uh, Travelability Pitch Fest last June. So can you tell us more about that product and and uh, what it does? The concept behind it is we're providing soft, a software product that goes onto an existing Windows kiosk. And that kiosk is used in travel cases for check-in, for check-out, for print my bill, to maybe it's an internet cafe on a cruise ship. If a blind person wants to be able to do those same things, then they should be able to do those things without having to double their tasks by not giving them those opportunities. And so the screen reader, um, JAWS, is, is shrunk down a little bit to fit into a kiosk-like environment. And what happens is when you plug in your headphones into the kiosk, then the software will start to talk. It'll give you instructions on how to use it. It'll tell you how the keypad works. 
and what you should be doing to change any settings you need. Maybe you need the voice faster or you want it louder mm-hmm. and you make those adjustments. Then you can then sit back and, and use it just like a sighted person would. And even though there's a keypad and the keypad's kind of shape of a up, down, left, right, and a middle key to the middle keys like, like a five way. Yeah, 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 exactly. No different than a joystick for a gaming controller kind of thing. If you don't want to use that and you want to use a touchscreen, we mimic the same commands. So, you know, swiping right would be the same as pressing the right arrow. And then when you hear what you want, it'll say, if you're swiping, it's going to say double tap to select. If you're pressing the right arrow key, it'll say press the enter key to select. You know, you could find this at a, a fast food place. You could find this at a Social Security Administration office building. You could find it on a Carnival cruise ship and any of the brands that fall under Carnival. They're used in those cases for internet cafes. And so if a blind person wants to print out their luggage tags or wants to book Mm -hmm. an excursion, if they brought their phone or brought their computer and they could probably just connect to the internet and do it, but if they didn't, maybe they want to use the internet cafe to do that. So that's why Carnival and, and all the brands underneath Carnival did that. Yeah, so think of it as more or less an accessible solution for a blind or low vision person to sit back and use a system for accessing the same self-service, could be another great term for it, uh, solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great term for it because I, that's the crux of inclusion for for me is independence. And I want to be able to you know have the same level of access. I don't, I don't care what the scenario is. Like, yes, I could use my iPhone to show my boarding pass. But what if I do want to print my boarding pass at the at the airport? I want to have that choice. Well, sometimes your phone's going low on batteries. And exactly, you say, I, exactly. Or, or There's you plenty of use cases we could drum up. But you're the, going the, through TSA, and do you really want to fumble around with your phone exactly. and hand it to a TSA agent? Not to pick on TSA, right? But like, <laughs> that's another person who now has to hold your device. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things, you know, it, airports have accessible kiosks today. I don't know how great they are from a user experience. This model started with ATMs because they were the first thing that blind people should have been able to use that couldn't. Right. And then, you know, the laws made it so that all ATMs had to have a headphone jack. And as soon as you plug them in, they should start talking. And that's where the, you know, the accessible like machine started. Then we, you know, then we start looking at voting machines and other like products, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's kind of where it's gone. Yeah, I'm glad you said like products because it. I want to know what what makes this kiosk product different. What sets it apart from other iterations of Jaws? You know, because it it won this pitch fest, right? Like it's this breakthrough yeah. thing. Like yeah. Why is it? Why it's, what sets it's it apart? Changing the user experience. Jaws has a lot of things and it uses a lot of keyboard commands and yes. But if you're just ordering something or checking in to something. You need it simplified, and you need it simplified for a broader use case than a computer user. Right, like I'm not editing a Word document. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you and I have skills and know how to use this product, but somebody who's never used a computer, and I'm... Right, they're out there. Don't be surprised that they exist, right? They're out they, there. They, they're out there. They're the ones who call you to buy their reservation. They right. Don't, they don't <laughs> go online. They're afraid to put their credit card in. All of those factors, but yep. they still would come up and have to use self-service. So we had to simplify the the way things are said, the way it's described, so that we didn't have to sit back and say, this person had to be an expert to understand this. And so when you plug in your headphones, it gives you simple instructions. It doesn't say words like heading and link and button because those are irrelevant. Right. We tell 
you can press the middle key to start, right? That's what matters to the user. The other part that I think was important to us is, or important to the customer, is that we're an enterprise level organization who can support you. You know, you're not gonna let me put my software if it's just an off the shelf product without some real uh, support behind it. Robust uh, security protocol. Yeah, security and, and technical support yeah. and, and we're not talking email support. They, you know, an enterprise wants, you know, a lot of stuff. And well, there's, there's like 100% uptime, right? <laughs> like it's well, got to work. <laughs> yeah. And cyber insurance and all of these things, mm-hmm. because you're putting software on somebody else's device. Right. Right. You know, if you look at all the reasons why we were chosen, I'm sure it's, a, you know, a lot to do with the product, but then you also have the business side of it too, that makes companies select this product. It feels very viable knowing that Vespero is behind it and it's yeah. not going to go away. And that's a good segue to my next question. Why should our uh, listeners care? So uh, people who are travel and tourism professionals who might have a kiosk in their property or in their value chain, why should they care about including those of us who live with visual impairments? So I always want to start with it's the right thing to do. A lot of times people think that accessibility costs more. It can cost a lot more when you don't do it right. And so it's, it's smart to think about all users. And you may say to yourself, I've never seen a blind person come to my business. There's probably a reason for that, right? <laughs> well, it may be that, or maybe you weren't there when they did come. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that sometimes they don't come because it's difficult to get there, right? Travel's a big part mm-hmm. of, of impacts of, of people's lives. And depending on where you are in the country and whether or not there's good public transportation or whatever the other ways people get around. And so I think that the number one reason you should do it is because you say you want to be inclusive. If I went down all the legal reasons, it's like noise to a degree, and I'd rather you focus on the good side. Right. You mentioned earlier we want to shift the paradigm of thinking from compliance to inclusion, and I think that's that's such a good call out because it's compliance is a race to the bottom. How little do we have to do to get by is a race to the bottom, but inclusion is is innovative. It's collaborative. It moves us all forward. And if you look at the airline rules and regulations around things like kiosks, they chose the usability side, not the compliance side. Now, they still had to be compliant for the, their laws, but I'm saying they didn't say it needed to be, you know, WCAG 2.1, which got, you know, very technical terms for, mm-hmm. for people. Level AA. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. They said, <laughs> could, you know, at the end, could you perform the tasks from the beginning to the end right. to be able to, to use this? And that's really all that should matter right? Can I do what you need me to do to be able to check out? Can I look something up, add it to my cart, check out? Can I do research? Right. Those are the kinds of things. So what can our listeners do to to get started on their disability inclusion journey if they haven't yet um, considered blind and low vision customers uh, patronizing their, their business or their service? You know, first step is is make sure your digital properties are accessible. Our own company has tools that can scan the site and give you feedback on where there's gaps. That helps on the external facing content. And then on the internal facing, you know, you may have um, somebody uh, like a Vespero work with your company to make sure the apps are accessible. And we've, we've helped um, everything from a large hotel chain to a a large airline to go through all of their apps and make sure that blind people could do the jobs. And we wrote documents and training materials so that 
when new employees came on board, they could be trained up to be a call center agent at that airline, then paths to make sure that they keep it up to date. Part of the gaps that typically happen in this industry of, of accessibility is that we consider the assistive technology to be the responsibility of an HR group. And I'm talking about the inside, the, yeah, the, the employee, employee side, facing right? side, yeah. Versus the customer facing. And then it becomes a risk level later because the HR is no longer involved once you got hired. Right. So when does IT responsible for that? And then we look at the customer side and typically we put the responsibility on the legal side, right? And again, it should go back to the product managers mm -hmm. and teach the project product managers to say, I'm focused on the user. And how can the user do this? How can all users do this? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I heard it said one time, if uh, you have employees who love your company, you'll have customers who love your company. And I think one way to have employees that love your company is to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And accessibility is a function of inclusion, and disability is a valuable form of diversity. So as Matt, I think you alluded to, hire people with disabilities, ensure that they can work, perform, contribute, and advance in their careers and use that knowledge and experience to inform your product and design teams to create a better, more inclusive product for your customers. And Matt, where can folks go to learn more about you and Vespero and the products that you all offer? So they can go to um, www.vespero.com and that's spelled V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com. Um, they can reach out to us. There's contact information on that page. My email address is pretty easy. It's first initial M, like Matt, Ader, A-T-E-R, Apple Tango Echo Romeo, at Vespero.com. Nice. Thanks so much, Matt, for letting me have a quick interview with you here at Travelability, and I look forward to crossing paths with you again soon. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Toby. Explorable is a Design Century original production in collaboration with the Travelability Summit and produced by Brad Carpenter. Find out more about our productions, podcasts, and insights at designcentury.com slash originals and travelabilitysummit.com. You can connect with Josh Loebner or myself, Toby Willis, on LinkedIn.